Welcome back to Jay Tendencies. I am your host, Jay Suave. And I am Jay Reese. And once again, we have had one of the craziest weeks in football. Every week, we kind of get more kind of crazy, more challenging, something to always talk about. And speaking of speaking of crazy, just in general, I want to start off with the NBA. The Detroit Pistons won last night, y'all, against but at the what cost? At what cost? At <laughs> what cost? Because, bro, I think every time that the Pistons win, the Lions lose. Seriously, like whenever they lost to the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure that they won. Bro, Detroit's sacrificing the wrong teams right now. No, they they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were one seed. I'm pretty sure they're still one seed right now. They beat him by 16 points, y'all, with no Cade Cunningham. That was crazy to see. You had Jalen Duran, 22 points, 21 rebounds, six assists, and a block. Just 31 minutes. I remember whenever he got drafted and people were saying this Detroit team was going to be like – um. The uh, I think it was like the 2000, 2001 Lakers team. And I was like, bro, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. He literally compared Jalen Duran to, to Shaq. Prime Shaq. That's crazy. <laughs> so Prime Shaq is literally insane. And I just say that because it was um, it was on Reddit. Them, them Reddit boys be something else, I promise you. But still, hey. even with the loss, you had Shy over 31 points. Top MVP, top MVP candidate as of right now. Jalen Williams going crazy. Probably the most consistent player besides Shy on that team. And he got my name too. So, you know, I got to rep my dog. This guy. Come on now. But yeah, I know Detroit happy with for that win. You know, they got the free wing stop to ease away their pains. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, This week, Luka had dropped 73 points right after um, right after Joel Embiid on our – we mentioned it on our podcast last week because it happened the night we were um, recording where – um, Joel had dropped 70. Luca said, you know what? Watch this. And he dropped 73 points the other night. I got went into work the next day. Everybody was like, bro, that's my MVP right there. Luca, 73. <laughs> like, um, it was no Kyrie, so Luca had most of the um burden against the Hawks. And the Hawks weren't really playing any defense. I saw one clip where Luca just walked in for the easiest lay I've ever seen in an NBA game, the most uncontested lay. Like from half court and the whole defense was set up and everything, which was crazy. But that's no, I'm not taking no credit away from Luca. Luca's an incredible player. That was a great um performance by Luca right there. I know a bunch of math fans are out there happy right now. And um not for real. Hopefully they can play better at home though. They're like eight and thirteen. They play a lot better on the road. They're twelve and mm-hmm. nine. And um this team might be better without Luca on the team by just and I won't say like trade Luca. That's not yeah. what I'm saying at all. But whenever he's not playing, it's like the team kind of plays more together and they actually pass the ball to whoever needs to be passed to. I get that this is a high-scoring game. It was 148 to 143. But you had guys like Josh Green with, like, 25 points, bro. Like, whenever Luka dropped 73 and then you guys like Josh Green. And I'm not discrediting Josh Green. He's nice. But I feel like this was a five-point game and Luka had 73 points. So I, I I don't know how this is going to correlate, but like there's got to be some changes being made. I understand. But it's the same way with how when Cat had dropped 62, right? And then it, it got to a point where Cat was just throwing up shots to throw up shots to try to get over 70. And then that ended up hurting the team because, you know, um, they ended up losing that game when Cat dropped 63. So I'm not uh, 62, I mean. They ain't play my mans in the fourth, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that's how bad he was because he shot 2 of 10 from the field in the fourth that game. 
And he was hurting the team at that point, right? He wasn't providing nothing on offense, but turnovers and bad shot selections. So it was right for them to sit him. But um, I, I guess you're trying to get trying to say because a lot of time when this guy is scoring all these points, right? He's playing. He starts playing a lot of selfish basketball, not getting his teammates included. That's when you start getting away from the team aspect of the game, and that's when you start losing the lead and start um, the game gets closer and closer. So um, I'm not like like you said, no one's trying to say trade Luca because that's not going to happen. Luca is one of the faces of the NBA, and if he ever gets traded, you know Miami always has a spot for you, Luca. Just had to put that's that out crazy. there. <laughs> but hey, um, man, just, just but, staying on that topic, yeah. I do want to. Talk about my dogs. They just lost to the Clippers, bro. At home, I was so sick. But, I mean, the Clippers have, I think, been the best team since December. I'm pretty sure they're 22-4. and four. Since then, they're It's crazy because after right cause we talked about that whole month or that whole stretch where James Harden, and we were saying, what's the issue with James Harden? And now they're like, what issue are you talking about? I don't remember no issue because them boys are cooking on all fronts, offense, defense, everywhere, man. Yeah, I, I saw a guy tweet. It was like, James Harden playing the Celtics tonight. This is what he's going to do. And he showed the um he showed the videos of him cooking the Celtics whenever he had 40 mm-hmm. against him in the playoffs last year. But this man dropped – literally, I'm going to lay out the script for you. This man dropped 40 two times in that playoff series and averaged 24, 22 points. <laughs> like, you know how insane that is? So we we held we held him in all of their five games. So I'm not even tripping, but just the Celtics ended up losing by like thirty points. I'm pretty sure it was one fifteen to I mean twenty points, one fifteen to ninety six. But um, it really just seemed like Tatum was the only one who kind of came to play. He had twenty one point, eleven rebound, double double. I'm pretty sure what's it called? Peyton Pritchard was the next highest scorer. Like. You think it would? You think it would be Jalen Brown, Derek White, yeah. something like that? But it just didn't happen. Definitely got to get on that. I just we still had Ime Udoka, but he was too busy with the staff on the team. <laughs> you feel um, me? I think I mentioned this last week. I, it's crazy how I mentioned last week the Heat. We should trade Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier. Maybe he'll bring that spark to the offense. We traded for Terry Rozier, which is I'm really happy we did because he's looked pretty solid since he's been here. But we're still on a six-game losing streak. We're about to be a seventh-grade losing streak because we're losing right now to the Suns. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know what it is with the, what's going on with the team right now because right now I think we're still seventh in the um, seventh in the East. So I'm not saying that that um, the team is, like, all horrible because we're not that bad. You know, we're still in the playoff picture right now. It's just we have a lot of stuff to figure out because we're not a click on offense offensively or defensively. And that's really hurting us because we're in these slow starts. We have a strong like third, second quarter, I think, and then the fourth quarter we lose, we end up losing again. So it's just we got to find our stride. We got to bounce back. Um, we got to figure out what the issue is, hammer that out. But I have trust in Coach Spo. You know, he just signed that extension, you know, for a reason, right? Because we have a lot of trust in that coach. We have a lot of trust in the guys in the um locker room. I wouldn't be surprised if he made done try to make another move before the trade deadline in a, I think in another week or two. So um we should we shall see what happens. But the last game in the NBA I wanted to talk about another LeBron and Curry classic double overtime yes, game. LeBron James, 39 years old, 36 points, 20 rebounds, 12 assists. LeBron has officially become the oldest player in NBA history to have a 30-point triple-double. 
What is Michael Jordan going to do? Nothing. He's too old. LeBron's the I'm GOAT. Out of retirement. <laughs> and drop what? Nothing. LeBron is the GOAT. LeBron is the second coming of himself. I don't, I don't know. I was going to say Michael Jordan, but I'm trying to say he's better than Michael Jordan. Bro just started speaking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a great game. You know, double overtime. They won by one point. D'Angelo Russell, who was playing pretty poor all game, said for the game, let me go ahead ice the game up right here with this deep three. For no reason, just bro walked into it. I saw a replay. Bro was smiling before he bro, walked Yeah, bro three. was cheesing, bro. Like, like bro. <laughs> but, um, yeah, great game by the Lakers. Um, this is that was a game they needed because you know they have been struggling ever since the playing to um get those consistent wins, get those good wins. So that was a good win by them. D'Angelo Russell ever around the trade deadline um just ignited something else inside of him. You know, see the memes, regular uh ice in the vein ice in my veins, mm-hmm. D Lo is nowhere near trade deadline D Lo. And um we're seeing that right now. Yeah, bro, and I definitely feel that way. And even with that, I'm pretty sure just before this game, LeBron is pretty close to hitting 40,000 points, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. he's like 200. They're playing right now, so I'm going to guess he has like 15 points or something like that. He's he's probably around like 270 points away from hitting that 40,000 mark. We might see that this year. So I'm hoping we do. It's just going to be more fuel for Jay Reese to be like he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT, man. Come on now. But that was definitely a great game. Literally had me on the edge of my seat. And I don't like I love watching regular season, but it's like it's also you barely have games like that going to double OT. And more more people have the fuel now to say Curry isn't clutch. Even though he did hit some shots, Clay hit the one that sent it to double OT. But I I know I know them I know them um bronze sexuals are probably like, yeah, bro, Curry sucks. <laughs> yeah, bro, Curry does suck. <laughs> bro, but um, other than that, we we had the conference championships this week. I was I was correct on both of my predictions. I low key didn't want to be because I wanted the Ravens to win, but it was literally like my mind saying, it was like my mind saying Chiefs, but my heart saying Ravens, bro. I needed Lamar. I needed Lamar to do it for the community, but the NFL won't let him do it, bro. You 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 know you know Taylor Swift had to go to the Swifty Bowl. Bro, they had to sell the tickets. They had to increase the viewership. But um, <laughs> nah, bro, they, they had to. Great game by the Chiefs. Even though they didn't score a single point in the second half, you know they started out strong. The defense held, which was really great. Their defense really um, kept the game in favor of the Chiefs because the Chiefs were. I'm not gonna say they were struggling in the second half, but they couldn't they couldn't put up any points in the second half. So um, it, uh, it could be due to them being up by I think they were up by um ten at that point you know what I'm saying and at by at the halftime and then the Ravens couldn't do nothing on offense you know get them back into the game you know they have a big play it gets um knocked down by a taunting penalty by Zay Flowers and Zay Flowers catches a ball um and we're, you know they're all told not to reach towards the end zone but they all do and unfortunately mm-hmm. um um Ladar- Legarius need yep was able to punch the ball out um good peanut punch at the goal line to get that ball out and force a fumble for the Chiefs so I'm not gonna be out here saying you know Lamar can't uh, perform in those big moments because even though Lamar didn't play great you know he played good enough to be able to win that game you know he was if 
um Zay Flowers doesn't doesn't fumble right there. He scores that touchdown. It's a totally different ball game. We could be we would be we could be here talking right now about how the Ravens beat the Chiefs and Lamar's going to his first Super Bowl. But um that's just not how the cookie crumbles. You know, a team that's number one in rushing attempts throughout the season only has six rushing attempts to their running backs during the game. And I remember I was at work watching part of the game with my coworkers, watching Gus Edwards run for a 15-yard run. Like, oh, that boy's cooking. And then they don't run the ball like that throughout the rest of the game, which is insane. So it's just simple things like that. It's like they weren't playing to their game, and um, that's what cost them ultimately to lose against the Kansas City Chiefs. I felt like if they stuck more to that run game that they've been more um, more used to, do like you've seen throughout the regular season and the other games in the playoffs, um, the Ravens could have won that game. I'm not saying they would have won, but I'm saying they really could have won. They would have made a strong case to win that game. But um, it's just not how, how it happened. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Um, I'm rooting for y'all right now because I'm not a big Niner fan. But um, what do you have We're to just say? Hater, bro. What do you have to say about that game, Jay? I mean, yeah, bro. I, I think for me, it was just a, it was a time of possession thing, and that's what kind of also killed the Ravens. They only had the ball for nine minutes and twenty one seconds, while the Chiefs had the ball for twenty minutes and thirty nine seconds, especially after halftime. And especially whenever you're leading at halftime, what, 17-7? Mm-hmm. And you're coming back to a hostile environment. I think they got ball in the second half, too. Mm-hmm. Or did the Ravens? Yeah, they ended up getting the ball in the second half. They're definitely going to choose some clock, figure out how how to make you squeal, how to make, how to make them win this game, how to make you give up, basically. Mm-hmm. They didn't end up giving up. I mean, we, we saw at the end of the game, they almost scored. It didn't happen. But also, you just got to think of safe flowers, bro. Like, they always tell you not to reach for it. You would have done better trucking. And the run game, y'all have the best run game in the league for the whole year, basically. And y'all ran the ball the most for the whole year. So I guess I really just don't understand Todd Munkin's plan, game plan for it. You come out against a team where the Buffalo Bills lined up James Cook and <laughs> ran the ball. But I guess you just look at that and be like, we got to beat him in the air because Mahomes is going to beat us through the air. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can you, you can say that because Mahomes, Mahomes is also going to do that against you. Like, you can't stop him. We talked about this. Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. To bring a team like this to the Super Bowl, this is the best defense he's had in years. Mm-hmm. So which makes me scared. I mean, I don't really care who wins the Super Bowl at this point. I want I want CMC with the ring. I ain't gonna lie. But I swear if I see the Panthers post, congratulations, CMC, I'm a crash out. Because <laughs> then it's just like you're congratulating the 49ers. But um other than that, bro, it, it, it was just it was just frustrating to watch. Yeah, a lot of those small Same mistakes thing. from Zay Flowers. Yeah. Those are things that he'll learn over time because he is a rookie, like so he's still really young in the league in the game. But um, yeah, it was it was upsetting to watch. Yeah, bro, and you you had Ray Lewis hyping him up before the game. How bad do you want it? You want another one? Go get it. I guess they didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but um, other than that, we had the NFC Championship game, Niners and Lions, and Kittle was right. They did have us in the first half. Bro, that crowd was so dead after he said that. Like they didn't understand the reference, and that made me upset. They didn't, bro. That that's what made me sick, bro. Mm-hmm. But um, they were up seventeen points at the half, 
and I was thinking this is over. My prediction is cooked. But um, they they just came out. They acted like it was zero zero, and that was mm-hmm. the best part about this comeback. And especially Jared Goff making the mistakes he made. Jaden has told me all year, bro, <laughs> Jared Goff is not him. And I'd be like, bro, just give him time. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's just you really can't. You can you need to blame Jared Goff for some of that, especially whenever you were only up by one possession and then you turn the ball over again. That shouldn't happen. But I mean, Dan, Dan Campbell was even right whenever he was like, "This might be our last shot," and he lit that literally made me think. Whenever the Panthers went fifteen and one, and then they made the playoffs in twenty seventeen, but it was like still never the same. You know, mm-hmm. like that was a team that should have won it all and didn't. And then you kind of go through like a. I won't say another rebuild, but like you have a young team right now, mm-hmm. but but you're also in that era where like you should have won it right there. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah, you're on the downward spiral. Yeah, but yeah, I totally agree, man. Like that's a game that they should have won. I do think Jared Jared Goff played pretty well that game. That's what I think. I didn't think he played that bad. I wasn't expecting a masterclass out of Jared Goff or nothing, but yeah, he played just enough to win. Just enough to win, and he he did. He was providing a lot of those um balls that should have been caught. Like you saw, there was two Josh Reynolds key um key passes that he dropped. Right, one on fourth and three, and then one on third and ten that would have um helped Detroit keep that momentum of the game to keep them going forward. But you know, unfortunately, he dropped it. The fourth down, they um don't since they don't convert. The 49ers get the ball back. They go out there and score. And then the third and 10, you know, they have Detroit out there. They're forced to punt the ball away. So it's like, it's things like that. You know, Jared Goff did put the put them in situations to win the game. And the players weren't able to answer. And um, that's just unfortunate, you know, at the end of the day. You know, because we were all rooting for this team to win the game. We're all hoping Detroit will win. And that fact that they're not just, you know, leads us to one of the most unexciting Super Bowls that we're going to see in a minute, right? Nobody wanted the Super Bowl, and it's happening. So it's Bro, um, how'd you feel about that um, Brandon Ayuk play, the 51-yard? Man, I was watching that, watching that live. <laughs> I was like, I was so sick, bro, because, because like, it was okay. First off, Brandon Ayuk, that was a great catch by you. That was great concentration on the ball. That's very difficult to do. Um, So be able to come away with the catch in any um, sort of way uh, from that situation is a great play by Brandon Ayuk. First off, I threw the, they threw the flag. If the if um they intercepted the ball, that would have been a defensive pass interference. I already knew what was going to happen. That happens every time. Because you saw the flag on the field. They're like, there was no flag. If the, yeah. if the ball was intercepted or incomplete, there would have been a defensive PI. And then they, like, there's nothing we could do, do about it. Like, I was, I was ready. I'm, like, ready to call that all the time because that's just how <laughs> that's how refs be, bro. You know the game's about to change if a ref does that right there. But um, hit you off the face mask, bro. Off the face mask, through the hands. Bro, look the ball in the face. Boop. Off his hands. And bro led the touch, uh, scored a touchdown off of that. And like, and then, um, what I really want to say about that play leads into the next um, topic that we have. So I'm going to wait till you introduce that topic. But I just thought, I thought it was crazy, man. I thought it was crazy. Yeah, we can go ahead and fit into there right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, has Brock Purdy silenced the haters? And I know we've kind of been on this all year. I've talked about how, like, in week five, he might be an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Then after they go lose to the Browns, they go lose to 
Well, James, they had that what three game losing streak. They lost the Browns, Cincinnati, and then Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Yeah, they ended up losing those games, and we were like, "Well, can Brock Purdy really lead this team, basically, and see the guy for them?" But our the answers have like been wishy washy like the whole year. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and let you take the floor. I'm gonna let you speak your speak your piece on Brock Purdy. So how do you feel about him? Has he silenced the haters? Um, I'm gonna say no. Like, not at like the hater in me is saying hell no, but like I'm not gonna say hell no because Brock Purdy is not a bad quarterback whatsoever. He's a, like Cam said, right? Cam said this weeks ago. He is a game manager. I'm not, and I'm not gonna hate on Brock Purdy because you know me and you both had him as an MVP candidate early in the season because he was playing that well. But then you see him start struggling as actual like really good teams, and then. Um, just looking at the stats, if you if you want to stat watch like that, he had 267 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Jared Goff had 273 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. So just looking straight off of that, Jared Goff did play better, but you know Jared Goff didn't win the game, and Brock Purdy won the game. And I, Brock Purdy was pretty much outplayed in both playoff games, but he managed to win the game. He had he had interceptable balls, like he had two interceptions that were dropped against the Packers. He had I remember the one that we just talked about against the um, Lions um, the, the other night. But, you know, Brock Purdy did make big plays when it mattered. So I'm not going to take that away from him. When the game mattered and the um, game was – they had to win the game, Brock Purdy did make plays to go put him in a position to win the game. So credit to him for that. But I still think that a lot of the, um, the criticisms for against Brock Purdy are very valid. And we I agree with Unk where he said, you know, he has to win the bowl or he has to do something in the bowl to, you know, silence those doubters. Um, because like the interception, right? He threw an interception perfect to the defense, right? That was in his hands, and it bounced off his face mask, and it went for a, well, how far was it? Like 50-something yard completion of Brandon Ayuk. Like, 51. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that. that's a fluke. That's a fluke. Like, And people are going to be like, oh, my God, Brock Purdy's so elite. You see that ball placement? What ball placement? That was to the defense. Mm-hmm. Then, he had, then you get another 46-yard checkdown route from Christian McCaffrey, takes it all the way down to the five before he runs it in for a touchdown. So it's like, I'm not going to take away from what he's done because he has weapons. I'm just going to say he's not elite, right? He's not that he's not going to be that elite guy. And if he comes out in Super Bowl and proves me wrong, good for him. You know what I'm saying? That's going to make it more difficult for um, the 49ers to keep winning because then once he once his contract expires, they're going to have to pay him more money after paying Debo top money. Brandon Ayuson gets top money. Christian McCaffrey's top money. You know, all them players getting top money. And then Brad Purdy's probably going to get some bit other contract somewhere else. But um, what I'm trying to say is I don't think Brock Purdy has signs his doubters just because I don't think he's at that elite kind of level yet. But I do think that he has the opportunity to do it. But from what I've seen, I still don't think he's that guy yet. Yeah, and um, I, won't, I won't say I like completely agree, but I also don't disagree with you. Especially me seeing Brock Purdy in the second half yesterday. This man, first quarterback in the second half to throw for 150 yards, rush for 45 yards, complete 80% of his passes, average 10 plus yards to carry, and have zero turnovers all at once. And seeing the second half, seeing them score 27 points unanswered. And I know that he was had something to do with that just because it was unanswered. But not any quarterback can just do that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can have your weapons. But, hey, I mean, 
you look at the Falcons, they have three top ten picks on their team and weren't able to do anything. They didn't make playoffs. But Brad Pretty is definitely one of them guys. I won't say he's super elite, but definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I will say. You feel me? I feel you. I feel you. But yeah. And he's one of the he's twenty four too. Mm-hmm. He only finna get better. I wish they just would have done I wish they would have just did this with Trey Lance. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But who knows, bro, with that. Trey Lance, yeah, that's cowboy legend. <laughs> nah, for real, bro. They need to start him over Dak this year. No cap. Bro, just see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Just see what happens. Just let, let um Trey Lance get a hold of the team. Let's see how good they are. <laughs> oh, and 17. That'd be crazy. Bro, bro, but he was literally throwing dots whenever he was with the team, whenever you would see, like, with the um what's it called? Preseason and stuff like that. He'd be throwing bombs though, for real. But um, and that's gonna get us into our next topic. And it's gonna be about Dan Campbell, or will I say Dan Gamble? <laughs> and his his team was at um at, what around the 30 yard line. Going in for it, going going for it on fourth down when they could have just tied the game, which is I won't say the reason they lost, but part of the reason why they couldn't have won this game. And I'll let you kind of take the floor with it. How do you feel about Dan Campbell's decision making in this game? I can't I can't be upset with it. Like I'm like I'm upset that they didn't kick those field goals. If they would have kicked those field goals, like because they had like that was, there was two field goals they could have taken, like um around forty yards that would have you know. Um, let them win the game. That like, if, but that's if they make those field goals, right? There's no guarantee that you make those field goals if you go ahead and attempt those field goals, right? So, um, I'm not gonna say I'm upset with it, just because that's just who they are. That's what the kind of football they've been playing all year, and we've seen it all year. I mean, against the Cowboys, they went for two four times in a row on that um one um after all those penalties and stuff. So it's like I'm not really surprised that they did that. And I can't be upset because they've showed us who they are all all um year. Dan Campbell all year has put the game in his players' hands. He's trusted his players, and you can't be mad at him for trusting his players again in these situations. But um, at the end of the day, it's not really his fault. It's execution. Jared Goff threw a bad ball on that fourth down play, and um, it was behind the receivers, and that's kind of what led to the um that happening. But I'm not mad at all that Dan Campbell did all that. And I do whether or not he'll be back in that situation in the NFC championship, I think it's very possible. Um, because before Sunday, over the last two seasons, the Lions were 70% on fourth and um short situations on that's two to three yards, right? That's 18% higher than the league average of 52. So if he's gonna keep playing like that, I'm not gonna be mad at him because they're doing it better than anyone else in the league on fourth down, yeah. fourth and two, fourth and three. Only other team that probably is better at those fourth and short situations would probably be Philly because they have automatic first down with the tush push right now. Come on, bro. But um, you can't you can't be mad at um him going for those fourth down situations. I won't be mad if he does it again next year after this. You know, just um putting trust in his players and every time they have the ball, you know, trusting that they'll be able to get that first down when needed. And I'm not bad at them for not kicking those field goals because Bagley scored 77% of field goals from 40 to 49% in his for 40 to 49 yards in his career, right? 77%. That's just about how um that's seven percent more than the fourth down conversion rate. So I so if it's that similar, I'm going ahead going for fourth down every single time too. I won't be upset at that. And then whether it's 50, if it's higher than 50 yards, 
Bagley's only um 18%. Oh, no, my bad. He's only 38% off 50 plus yard field goals. So like, like if it was a little bit further, I wouldn't be mad either. Like if he's going for it on fourth down, just because I, your, your um, kicker is not as reliable in those long distance situations, kicking the ball. I'd be more trustworthy in our offensive players who's converting at a high level, higher than the league average. You know, the only thing that I have to say about making it back to that NFC championship is that it will be increasingly more difficult every time they go out there and um, um, play just because now that teams have seen what they've been able to do all year, they're going to be able to adjust. It's like a, just like with Philly, right? They were no, they knew what Philly was able to do last year. They adjusted to Philly, so they're going to adjust to what the Lions are doing over there. It's going to make it more difficult to run the ball. It's going to make it more difficult to pass those pass the ball and get those fourth down conversions. And I think, but I think if they're still able to maintain a lot of those key pieces that they have on their team this year, that they'll be able to make another run next year and win the division again, and then um go out there and. If if they can go out there and make the NFC chip, but what do you think, man? The streets saying the the, the Detroit don't rock with CJ Gardner Johnson no more. Man, CJ Gardner Johnson, I don't know why, bro, bro, bro has that dog in him. That's all I have to say, bro has a dog in him. Bro, they just hate him because he was doing the whole um bye bye stuff against <laughs> against the 49ers and then they miss missing tackles and then they ended that, up losing. That's not his fault, man. <laughs> But I mean, even if you've seen Dan Campbell be the most aggressive coach in the whole league for the last three years, and them going for it on fourth down, league leading thirty three percent of the time, and even during their first two playoff games, they converted three out of the five times they ran it on fourth down. They did one of three on Sunday, wasn't too. It was just thirty three percent. It was bad, but um, he just Dan Campbell just has that go for broke mentality really. And in those four down situations, sometimes it costs you and sometimes it doesn't. But at the same time, whenever it's a game you absolutely have to win, I get you trust your guys. Mm-hmm. I would trust them too. It Like Jerry's saying that the statistics, it's only 7% higher that you do this other than that. Okay, well, let's do that and get that percentage higher. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, go for broke. You're not trying to go home. Especially especially playing in San Francisco, you're not trying to go home. And at that point, I think you just need to tie the game. And this is the same thing I said with the Cowboys too. Like they could have definitely like they probably they would have been playing somewhere else if it wasn't for them. You feel me? Well, they already had the one seed, but it was just they wouldn't have even played the um Rams first round. Stuff like that. Like it's the little things, you feel me? Mm-hmm. But Dan Campbell, bro. Hopefully y'all can make it back next year, bro, against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, sir. Dave Canal is finna cook, hey, bro. No speaking cow. of the Carolina Panthers, that breaks me to what I want to talk about. We got a lot of new coaching <laughs> hires in the last week. Like you said, Dave Canales, Bucks offensive coordinator, the new Panthers head coach. How do you feel about that, man, real quick? Um, I mean, none too crazy. He's elevated quarterbacks throughout his career. Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. Then you have Baker Mayfield basically revived his career. Hopefully, we can get Bryce cooking with this. I'm just really hoping we don't lose a hero of Arrow, bro. Please, if you if you're seeing this, stay. Please be our DC. And we'll see. But um, we will see, bro. Our defense was top five, especially in yards allowed. Mm-hmm. But 
We had like what? But we were thirty second in pressures. Yeah, last in there. pressures this year. Yeah, like, like one hundred ninety nine pressures in on the on the season, which was the league lowest. And but, and I think the people before us had like fifty more. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane to think about. Yeah. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So like we had a good defense, but we just couldn't get sacks, which keeps the offense on a field. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping for the best. I'm hoping. <clears throat> I mean, I, like, that really makes me think about, like, the Brian Burns situation. Mm-hmm. But, like, do we keep him or do we not? What, what would be the difference between keeping him or not? Like, that's really what you got to think about. So, through last and pressures, imagine us in sacks, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just got to get Derrick Brown rushing the quarterback, bro. Getting some pressure. You get a me? good D-line coach. Y'all get there. But um... How you feel about Fangio, bro? Vic Fan, ah, I don't know. Okay, look, I'm not upset with the hire, right? Vic Fangio is a very great defensive coordinator. He's a very great coach, but I was ready. I was so excited to get out of the Fangio um system because that's all we've been running for the last like four or five years, right? Just um Vic Fangio, four down lineman and secondary back, not allowing any big plays, and we see and like we saw last year, right? With Sean Desai, he ran that Vic Fangio defense, and we were getting cooked. But I think, and since we're not just doing a Vic Fangio product, we're getting Vic Fangio himself, that we're going to be a lot better. Because you saw how good that Miami Dolphins defense was throughout the year. And hopefully he brings that same energy to us. Then we also got Kellen Moore as our new OC. And compared to the rumors of Cliff Kingsbury being our um, offensive coordinator, this is way better than that. Because he actually likes to run under center um, formations. And that's what all I want, under center. run the ball. Run the ball under center formations. We're going to get some motion in there and we're going to see some creativity in the route concepts and the route trees from AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, which will be beautiful to see, man. I'm excited about that. Um, If he's not, you know, really going to try to run the ball. I heard that Jeff Stoutland, our offensive line coach, you know, one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, he's going to be able to, he's going to be able to, um, he's going to try to, I think they're going to use like Kellen Moore as a pass coordinator, you know, like off of offense. And then they're going to, they're going to try to get Jeff Stalin to um, handle more of the run aspects, which will be great. Cause you know, Jeff Stout, I have a lot of respect and trust in Jeff Stoutland. Bro. Speaking of line coaches, have you seen the, um, the guy that just got hired for the defensive line coach? Oh yeah. He, I think he came from the Seahawks. That dude was a big dude. Bro was ready bro. to trap up for us, bro. bro we... Tyree kill was cooking him on Twitter, bro. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I gotta, yes, look I gotta look after. I gotta look at that, bro. Man's is—he's literally a unit. You think of Debo from Friday, and he's bigger than that. Yeah, they bro. said. They said if I saw someone say if Brian Johnson ate Pat Matricia. <laughs> <laughs> but we also bro, got um the Rams DC Raheem Morris, the new Falcons head coach. Um, I don't know if this happened last week, but Jim Harbaugh is now the Chargers head coach. Um, Ben Johnson. Now that the, the Lions are out of the uh Super Bowl race is most likely about to be the Washington head coach. And that means all that stuff is the Seattle Seahawks head coach, who I think should hire Dan Quinn, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. The Falcons coaches are looking scary. They got Zach Robinson, Jimmy Lake, and Marquise Williams. As OC, DCN, special teams coordinator. Panthers might be cooked, bro. Bro, sick. trust in your dogs, bro. They're definitely I got to trust in my dogs. We're going to sweep them next year. Easy, 17 and up. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, bro, that, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for this episode. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. We will see y'all 
next week. We'll give y'all some predictions about the Super Bowl, what we think is going to happen. I'm going to put down a parlay for y'all, bro. I'm going to a major picks sponsor us. <laughs> Price picks, we need the sponsor. But, I mean, other than that, hope y'all have a great week. You got to say anything, Jerry's? Yeah, man. Um, Have a great week. Enjoy some NBA basketball. Get ready for the Pro Bowl. You know, if you get if you if you get to gambling, you know what I'm saying. Be careful with that. Price picks us to take your money with them lines. Them lines be cheating me, bro. No, lines for real, bro. Always be cheating. If you're listening to this, price picks. I'm sorry about all that. Sponsor <laughs> us. Give me some free um free cash to play with. Um, but yeah, you know, um, have a great week, guys. All right, we'll see y'all next week. We'll see y'all.